Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. This episode contains content on food and eating that may be sensitive to some listeners. The Adulting with ADHD podcast is not a substitute for medical advice. Please see a medical professional if you think you have ADHD or have ADHD and need additional assistance. For podcast archives, please visit patreon.com slash adultingwithadhd. This is the Adulting with ADHD podcast, self-empowerment for people with ADHD. Today I have with me registered dietitian, Alita Storch. Alita, nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you too. I'm so glad we could connect. I'm really glad we could connect too. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this space? Yeah. So yeah, I'm a registered dietitian and a licensed mental health counselor. Um, So I do a little bit of nutrition and a little bit of therapy with my own clients. And I found the whole like world of ADHD and food, eating nutrition based on, I, I had my own struggles with food and body in college. And my recovery process was rooted in health at every size and intuitive eating frameworks, which is um, the approach that I, I use in my work. And that's what initially drove me to want to be both a dietitian and a therapist, because I saw that like both of those pieces were so important. And when I got to grad school, I was really struggling with food again. And I just sort of started to understand that my ADHD was impacting my ability to feed and to nourish my body. And then in my work with clients, I I really jumped into working with eating disorders. I worked in um, higher level of care settings, and I saw a lot of clients who were sort of having the same struggles that I was having in grad school, where they would do really well when like meals were prepared for them and served for them. And then the second they stepped down to outpatient, they were sort of floundering, really struggled with planning and following following through. And so... I just sort of saw that there was a disconnect between eating disorder treatment and like neurodivergent affirming care. And so that's when I really dove into like, okay, how can I put these two together to help folks who, who are struggling with the same things that, that I was able to work through. Um, and so that, yeah, that's what got me here today. hundred percent. Well, I didn't realize you were also a therapist. My apologies. That's oh, no. amazing. That. That sounds like I, I, I wish there were more of you around. That sounds like such a, a an emerging need or a yeah. need that's always been there. Yeah. So, what's a common misconception people have when it comes to eating and ADHD? Yeah, that's that's such a hard question to narrow down. <laughs> you can only pick one. You can just yes. pick the first one you think of. Okay. I, there's like two that are kind of like related to one another. So the first is that like ADHDers are essentially told that the reason that we binge eat is because we're really impulsive, we have no self-control, or that we're like seeking dopamine or that we're stimming. And while those aspects of ADHD do contribute to binge eating, 
I believe that the real reason that so many ADHDers struggle is because we're often not meeting our basic food needs to begin with. So we don't eat enough or we don't eat frequently enough. We don't get variety. And we often like struggle with, with feeling satisfied with meals. And so then all of the experiences of ADHD, so being on stimulant meds, getting stuck in hyperfocus, procrastination, time blindness, low self-awareness, or planning decision fatigue, right? Like the list goes on. And then of course, diet culture are a few examples of why ADHDers aren't getting those food needs met. And then they end up ravenous at the end of the day and, and end up eating everything in sight. So, so when ADHDers come to me with concerns around binge eating, I like to support them in, in really getting curious and figuring out if they are actually engaging in what I would call like compensatory eating. And that's just sort of like a fancy way of saying that their body is desperately working to get those food needs met. And that can also feel really out of control and can lead to like physical discomfort. So oftentimes like binge eating and compensatory eating are getting confused and, and it's more blamed on binge eating with ADHDers. That is so eye-opening. I, I'm having <laughs> moments go off while we're talking. 100%. Let's talk about the ADHD food pyramid because I think that's a good segue into compensatory eating and all that. So Yeah, yeah. So a model that I developed when I first started doing this work is the fundamental food needs pyramid. And it's really based off of like several other models for mental health and, and eating disorder treatment. And they're all sort of like mishmashed together. Mm. So it's basically a pyramid of food related needs where meeting like the lowest needs on the pyramid will allow the higher needs on the pyramid to be attended to like essentially like more effectively, or it will be easier to attend to those needs when the lower needs are getting met. And our, our bodies are really hardwired to get the most basic needs met in order to survive. So we often like fall back to meeting those basic needs, right? Like the compensatory eating, getting enough <laughs> it yeah. is really attending to that need. So the, the base of the pyramid really is regularity and consistency, which is like eating every three to four hours, like most of the time, right? No one's going to be able to do that every single day of their life but really aiming for that the majority of the time. And then eating enough in terms of, of quantity. So meeting your overall energy needs throughout the day, not just all at one time. And when those two needs are being met, then it's easier to think about, like, how do I get variety? How do I get balance? How do I eat like more diversity of foods? How do I focus on meals instead of just like eating snacks all day long? So that's kind of the third step is variety. And then above that, we have pleasure and satisfaction. And that's my favorite kind of food need to work on. <laughs> it's one that often gets left out in this process. It's one that's really like villainized by diet culture and, and really is the basis for, for a lot of the work that I do. And so that's really thinking about how can I tune into like appetites and cravings and desires and, and how can I attend to those in a way that like leaves me feeling satisfied, which is really important for ADHD, right? Our, our <laughs> reward center needs to be activated in order for us to feel good. And so, yeah, when we're, when we're using food for pleasure, we are getting dopamine, we are getting that reward. And, and I would say like, there's nothing wrong with that. And then at the top of the pyramid is gentle nutrition. And that's where like most people are trying to function. 
So it's sort of like, how do I eat in a way that supports like my well-being and my health and my brain? And that's really like the last thing we focus on because none, none of it is going to matter, right? If you're not attending to all of those other needs, all the gentle nutrition in the world isn't going to be helpful. So yeah, that's, that's really the model that I use with like all of my clients, all of my course participants, and really identifying like what needs need to be attended to first. It's music to my ears because I I feel like someone's explaining to me how my body works, you know, and I don't feel like there's a lot of talk about this kind of stuff out there, at least from my point of view, unless you know to look for it. Yeah, yeah. And especially right in the ADHD world where we're talking so much about our brains and our minds and cognition and and we forget, I think, about like the lower 90% of our body. Yeah, (laughs) and you need to start thinking about our our perfectionism and how hard, I mean, we must be so hard on ourselves if, you know, that's incredible. Hey listeners to the Adulting with ADHD podcast. My name is Katie McManus and I wanted to let you know about my show, The Weenie Cast. If you're an entrepreneur with ADHD, I'm hoping you'll dig it. I'm pretty sure you will. Each episode, I'll be sharing stories and insights which will inspire you as a fellow ADHDpreneur. And I'll be helping you step out of the weenie and into the winning. So another big, broad question would be, you know, let's say I want to get started and I want to be more confident in what I'm eating. What's a good first step to get onto this journey? Yeah, yeah. Oof. For, I mean, first step, right? There's so many pieces to it. But <laughs> when I like slow down, <laughs> slow down yeah. and back up, really, get yeah. like the, the foundation to the foundation I would say is really like exploring and identifying values. And and I really love using like a values-based approach. So I feel like we won't really make changes to our thoughts and our behaviors and our, our actions unless we really have a reason to do so, right? And ADHDers often are just sort of like bopping through the world, like doing things at a whim without really understanding why we're doing them. But when we can really understand and connect with like why something isn't serving us or like those deeper underlying reasons of why we might want something to be different, then it's easier to to be persistent and to keep showing up in the process, even when like maybe things don't go as we planned or we expected. (laughs) Um, It's it's a lot easier to be self-compassionate when we're connected to values. And so I would say like for someone who's starting on this process, really get curious about um, how gaining more confidence with food and eating would actually help you move closer to those things that matter most to you in life. And connecting with values can be really empowering. And I find that it's a helpful place to start because ADHDers struggle so much with self-awareness, right? So it's a way to really get to know yourself, but not necessarily having to do that like in the moment when, when you're trying to make a decision. So what's an example of a value? Yeah, there's so many. I, my own personal values, like relationships and connections. So family and friends are really, really important to me. Adventure and being outdoors. And that for me, like for food needs, right? Like I need to fuel my body in order to be able to go out skiing all day. And I've really felt that experience of not meeting those food needs and then just like not being able to ski um, and feeling terrible. So those are just a couple examples. There's lots of like values sorting exercises online that can be really helpful. And it can be hard to narrow down to like five or 10, but, but knowing like those can shift over time and just really thinking about like what matters right now in this moment. Yeah. 
Awesome. So where can our listeners find out more about you and learn more about the, the stuff you're teaching? Yeah. So I'm online at wiseheartnutrition.com. So I have a private practice. Um, it's myself and another dietitian, Sarah Kushner, who is also an ADHD dietitian. And we both work with clients one-on-one. And then we also have, I had been leading a group program. It was like a three-month group program for several years. And it was really great, but it was also a little hard because people would want to join in between. And then by the time signups came, right, like they had kind of lost motivation. And 12 weeks, it, it was just so much material to digest. So we're sort of restructuring it into a monthly membership where people can kind of get the foundations. And then there will be a lot more like, community support um, and they'll sort of like get information as they go so we're launching that in april we're really excited and if you want to get on the interest list people will get early access as like founding members so Mm -hmm. yeah go ahead and sign up for that and then instagram i'm the underscore adhd underscore rd and where would you go to sign up for this group yeah so if you go to my website wiseheartnutrition.com backslash adhd there should be a little little form to fill out with your name and your email. And we'll be sending emails out in the next couple of weeks, kind of getting people excited and doing some sneak peeks. Yeah. yeah. So you, you come and go as you please as part of the membership? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. So it's like a monthly, you just pay like a, a small monthly fee. Um, and then you have access to like all of these different resources. You can do it self-paced. You can join live calls. So it's just a little more accessible for, for neurodivergent folks. Totally. That sounds perfect. Is there anything I, I left out that you want to add to the conversation or I'm not to put you on the spot? We can. <laughs> I mean, I, I always feel like there's space for talking about self-compassion. I think in, in the work with nutrition and body image and folks who have maybe struggled with disordered eating or have been stuck in diet culture, there is so much shame that shows up. And then there's the added layer of being neurodivergent and all of the shame and frustration that comes with that. And so, yeah, I just really encourage people to be open to practicing self-compassion. I used to be like adamantly against it. I thought it was like this idea of giving up and, and didn't ever think like I had the capacity to really tap into that. And so... Yeah, I would say like that's such a big piece of the work that I do with clients and then personally, right? Like how how I continue to show up every single day and, and feed myself and nourish my brain and my body. Yeah, that's really interesting because I've been hearing self-compassion come up more and more lately. And it sounds like something to tap into. So thank you for adding that piece. I yeah. Think- really valuable yeah of course. Um, thank you so much for being on the show and it was wonderful to meet you so you've got an idea for a business the store of your dreams there's just one thing to figure out everything that's why shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online in person and everywhere else sell on social media source products with an app to get that first sale feeling it's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want so when you're ready to bring your idea to life power it up with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com listen 